Uh, I am super excited because we're doing band books. So we get to talk about uh, comic books that have like Kiss in them. Do you remember the ones with the Ramones? Uh, Archie's. And there was the like that whole thing with Archie meeting up with other bands. Like I, it was the Ramones were in that one too. Yeah, there's Ramones, um, Blondie, yeah, for sure. Blondie, that was pretty yeah. dope. Well, there's those comics that Danzig did. Uh, he's got you know that that Verotic thing. His his like company. He did some comics there. Uh, there's Guar comics. Guar. Stone Sour, the guy from uh, Slipknot. He did some comics. ELO versus uh, Cerberus, I'm pretty sure, was a, a comic yeah, in, the, uh, in, yeah. the, in the early yeah, 90s. Amazing. Well, that's weird because that connects ELO to, to Bone as well, which... It does, yeah. Like, it's weird how these things sort of overlap and you don't really think about it. Well, it's, they're all part of the ELO shared universe at this point, I think. Right. <laughs> it's almost like, almost like that Pink Floyd and Wizard of Oz thing. Like, you just have they them do. go at the same time. Yeah. Like, they all just, ELO, ELO connects to everything, in at least that way. That's right. Oh, guys. Uh, what? 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 Okay, we, we got, we're very prepared here, clearly, but I just realized, it, I think it says B-A-N-N-E-D books. Band-Ned we books. Band-Ned books. Who's Ned? Band-Ned books. Oh, oh, you see what, what we did here? We had the wrong band. Uh... uh... That's okay, because uh, they banned all of these ELO books for every one of them having graphic full frontal male nudity. This may appear to be only monkey business, but in reality, it's very serious, ladies. Zero Issues Comic Podcast! Zero Issues Comic Podcast! Hey, welcome to the show. Uh, I am uh, part of your host. I am Merc. Uh, I'm another part of your host. Uh, my name's Bry. I'm the third part, and you, you need all three parts, otherwise it just doesn't work, and I'm Kyle. Makes a very good point. Like three AA batteries that you gotta put. Well, we, we've got the three parts of that, that ancient talisman, and when we put them all together, mm-hmm. I mean, not much happens. It glows a little, but that's kind of it. I think it's an ancient glow stick, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is shaped like a dragon. You just scissor us together, and uh, yeah, you uh-huh. triple scissor, we, and mm-hmm. our stick and our sticks glow. Yeah, Bryce yeah. already lost interest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then let's go to the news. I, 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 don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Current zero news flash. All right, so first up. In the news, we have some, uh, believe it or not, movie and television news. <gasps> so Sony is, is you know, they're full, full speed on their, their, uh, their own Spider-Man universe, as it were. Which, uh, you know, Morbius is still coming out at some point. Uh, I, we've been assured. Um, but they most recently, they're making a Madam Web movie, uh, which I kind of forgot about. I think that might have been announced before. But wait, wait, wait. Can we, can we take a second just to, to audibly gasp? And <gasps> thank you. She's either in talks or has actually signed on to play. But Dakota Johnson has been apparently cast as Madam Web or is going to be cast as Madam Web. Um, so I, I mean, I don't know. So which version? Because like I, Madam I, Web's an old lady. Yeah, I would. That's what I was gonna say. The, all I know about Madam Web, anything I've ever seen, is she looks like Aunt May crossed with Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
Well, that that big chair she sits in is it's a life support device, apparently. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. By your husband. It's Tony Webb, and her last name is Webb. It's not. It's not a cool name. She's like Doctor Strange. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Madam Webb. Um. I mean, there's also like in the comics, I guess she, I guess, died, and then Julia Carpenter, who was the second Spider Woman, has taken over as Madam Webb. Which is weird because, again, as you said, that was just her legal name. So, like, can you just take somebody's legal name? That's very strange. Well, also, to me. also, Madam Web is a mutant, and her yeah. precognitive power is a mutant power. How did she pass that on? That's true. How did he pass on genetics? You know what I'm talking about. And, and frankly, like mutants—they're not so much really dying these days, anyway. So none of this makes sense at all. I'm just yeah. assuming, based on the age thing, they should be maybe playing the Julia Carpenter version, or maybe they're just, you know, like they do with a they're lot of these aging things. Her down. Yeah, yeah, or just well, like this, is, this like, is just in time for the like the Madam Web sequel is gonna, you know, it's gonna be 40 years before it comes out, and she'll be just right for it. There you go. Everyone will be clamoring for more Madam Web around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly, the CW, and the CW is getting like there was a lot of speculation because I guess they're being sold, or at least a majority ownership is sold, and there's a lot of like talk about like maybe. They're not going to be the same thing, but they're still. Uh, let me tell you, they're still they're still ordering more uh, DC shows. Like the Flash got renewed for I think season nine. Um, I heard. Oh, Lord, like, does it have to? Um, and they've the ordered season uh, of crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Season of uh, making all of your own problems and then crying about them. Gotham Knights uh, has been received a pilot order, so I guess they were there was talk about this sort of being potentially in the cards. So they they. Ordered a pilot for the CW, uh, and it show- it follows uh, Batman's rebellious adopted son who forges an unlikely alliance with the children of Batman's enemies when they're all framed for killing the Cape Crusader, is how it's described. Weird. I mean, like, Gotham Knights, there's, like, a video game coming out where it's just, like, you know, Nightwing and, and Batgirl and Red Hood and Robin. Yeah. Teaming up, which, you know, yeah. I think it's specifically Tim, right? It's Tim, yeah. Yeah. Which is nice. Congrats. Congratulations specifically to you, Bri. I, I'm happy. Um, anyway, uh, but this one, it seems like it's a rebellious, uh, I think it said adopted son, but a, a lot of people are saying it's going to be Damien, so I'm like, okay, well, maybe that's a misquote or a misunderstanding. The only two I could see this being would be like Jason or Damien if he's supposed to be like punk kid with a rebellious mm. son and all of like, you know, children of Batman's enemies and frame for killing Batman. Like, eh, okay, they're CWing it a bit. It would be nice to have all the big dogs in a, in a show together, but uh, I guess they're kind of already doing that in Titans and stuff. So whatever. Um, but yeah, this could be coming. They're getting more bat heavy, which is interesting because usually Batman is like the main character and all of his cast are the ones that they are not allowed to use for whatever reason. There's always like these uh, embargoes on them. So CW is getting a little more bat heavy as all things must always be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And lastly, uh, this also has to do with comic book movies, but there has been, and this is continuing uh, the the tradition of other non-comic book movie creators and filmmakers shitting on comic book (laughs) movies as they come out. Um, Yet another claim of comic book movies ruining film. Uh, A new claim that the success of Marvel, DC, and Star Wars franchises are ruining the film industry. Oh, absolutely no. ruining the film. Um, this same uh, film industry figure has spoken out before about his disregard for blockbuster movies, uh, stating he's watched Marvel movies, uh, but to just fall asleep on long flights. Right. 
can can I read you can I read you some of the filmography of of this this esteemed filmmaker? Please do. Well, this is the person behind uh, such such films as The Patriot and Stargate and 2012 and Independence Day and Independence Day Resurgence and <laughs> Godzilla. But not the, the good one. Version. Yeah. Yeah. Godzilla 98. Yeah. Uh, Day After Tomorrow. Everyone's favorite. Universal Soldier. That's right. The, the man behind the, the upcoming Moonfall in which the moon hits the earth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know that upcoming indie movie, Moonfall. Yeah. It's, it's a little, yeah. it's a small budget. Did we say who it yeah. was? No, we didn't. But let's do that now. <laughs> Roland Emmerich. Yeah. Yes. That Roland Emmerich, the just uh, the, the, o- the the art house auteur uh, filmmaker Roland Emmerich, yes mm-hmm. indeed. And let me just say, I I enjoy Roland Emmerich movies. Sure, on a certain level, oh, yeah, they're really I'm good. When I'm on a long like... flight and I want to see the moon hit the earth. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oh god, I laughed way too loud there. I like big disaster movies. I'm a big fan of those. But you know what? You can be a fan of those and other movies too. It doesn't mean all films have to be the same thing. Yeah. I- I have to keep saying yeah, this. Yeah, Roland. Yeah. But also, like, you know, really, I mean, like, if he's talking about, like, dumb, mindless superhero action movies, like, this is this is sort of the blueprint a little bit, isn't it, for all the, the worst ones? It's just, like, big chaos happening all over the place, big special effects spectacle. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's <sighs> interesting. Pot, meat, kettle. Yeah. That's fine. You'll, uh, what, what? Literally, what uh, uh, landmarks in the world haven't been destroyed by? Yeah, by Roland Emmerich yeah. and his. Yeah, exactly. And his and his indie movies. God damn it! Any other kind of natural disaster that hasn't been? Uh... I mean, he didn't do a volcano movie. He didn't do Dante's Peak or Volcano. So maybe no. he should do a volcano movie. I think. I think it's time. I think he can. There do was that. lava I, I, in 2012. I, I I'm pretty sure that's what Moonfall is about. That there's volcanoes on the back of the moon and oh. then they go off and they Telling propel it. the moon towards the earth because that is science. The, the scientists, they're going to be all, uh, like their command center. I mean, zero like, gravity, oh. it's all different, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The dark side of the moon is, 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 is lighting up for some reason. What's going on? The volcanoes are exploding that we knew were there and very excited. Let me just say that that whole premise is very similar to Space 1999 the <laughs> TV show. Uh, it's yeah. really not that far off. Anyways, let's get to the warm Real cinema! But I wanted to talk about other things where the moon hits the earth. Welcome to the warm-up! So, this week for the warm-up, we are going to talk about some forgotten Golden Age characters. Uh, characters that you may or may not have heard of before, because they're old and they didn't get revived when, uh, when the 60s happened. Yeah. They predate the 60s. Can I go first? Please. I'm gonna. So, the one that I found is, uh, first appeared in USA Comics number 1, which I read in preparation for this, and his name is Rockman. Rockman! Yeah. So what he does... Super fighting... Oh. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, he fights uh, robot masters, and he gets their powers. That's what... Is he in uh, a, a band book, too? Uh, Rock and roll band. I mean, he, ah. may as well, he may as well be. So Rockman's thing is that, and it gets a little weird, Rockman lives in Abysmia, 
which is underground North America, and he is a descendant of the original white settlers of North America who escaped the continent during the last Ice Age and went underground. This is in the first issue in a panel that I took a picture of because I was shocked. Uh, I was like, what the Christ? This is like hollow earth theory? It's like, uh, yeah, there's like, there's gas pockets and, you know. Okay. They've, they've got, you know, super tunneling machines and stuff. And he's, uh, I guess, as a result of, of living underground. You know what? I think I saw this on a Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, that's oh. fair. He, he took a lot of supplements. He's, he's puffy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lots of uh, underground elk. Listen, yeah. Spotify, it's Rockman or me. He, he appeared in, like, the, <laughs> first, uh, the first four issues of USA Comics, which had, like, a lot of, it just seemed like Captain America knockoffs, all published by Marvel. And he like you know he he fought secret Nazis in the in the early forties, and the, then that comic uh, the twelve came out I think like two thousand oh yeah two thousand eight something like that where oh, all these yeah. characters including Rockman were reintroduced and they were found and it sort of turned out and it was left open to interpretation that like someone showed up and was like oh I think that's my great uncle. You know, his his family got killed and he lost his mind and he got buried in a underground thing. And, you know, the, this Rockman character sort of showed up very soon after to sort of maybe as a coping mechanism. Uh-huh. 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 However, I'm going to read this direct from Wikipedia because I didn't want to read every single Rockman thing. The, the great niece finds, finds proof of her findings and, and shows the caretaker a photo of the guy that she thinks Rockman actually is. And the, the government officials sort of lie to her and like, no, no, that's not him, and send her away. And then he's he's caught in a collapsing building, and apparently, you know, he hears his 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 dead child calling to him, you know, below the ground. Ooh. And when when his teammates like get into the you know collapsed building and try to save him, they instead they find a tunnel that that digs for miles deep into the earth, and he's gone. And it's like, was he really that? Or was he a crazy guy? <laughs> but in his in his initial things, he's just you the know, world may never know. Strong guy with a sort of mining helmet, and that's Rockman. All right then. All right, Rock Rockman. I have chosen a Lady Danger, uh, created by Robert Kaniger and Bob Oxner. Uh, hmm. This is in Sensation Comics in December of 1948. This character, the the real. Well, the character's real name, quote unquote, Valerie Vaughn. She's, of course, a wealthy socialite. I always like how there's like old female characters that are always wealthy socialites. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think. Well, what are they going to do? Have a job? Sure. Yeah, exactly. Where she developed a reputation as a daredevil doing stunts like parachuting and scuba diving and firearms and explosives. Firearms isn't a stunt. Go to the wrong side of the tracks using colorful language, stuff like that. But she was craving more. So she becomes a, and this is the, the, the term, a crime buster, which is a term I don't, I don't think we hear enough of. Crime yeah, yeah. There's that character, Crime Buster. Yeah, exactly. His, his logo is a, is, a, is a fist with a buster through it. Punching wealthy socialite. Mm-hmm. Get um, your fists out of here. No fists allowed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no fisting wealthy socialites. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, but then she, she does her crime buster sort of stuff and, uh, 
she writes about it, uh, writes about her adventures in her Lady Danger newspaper column, which seems like a lawsuit waiting to happen. Mm -hmm. You record, record all your stunts that are probably not legal. She somehow, sometimes, she was super strong. And then other times wasn't, but that was never explained why. She could like just pick guys up and toss them. Mm -hmm. um, but she was like a judo. martial artist. And I, I, I don't know, but lifting them right up in the air. That's, I don't know if that's a judo move. Martial artist, uh, expert with guns and bombs. Um, she hung around Gary Grath, private investigator, who is kind of a sidekick slash love interest sort of thing. She, there was like one that I, a cover I saw, Lady Danger, fight sea pirates. I couldn't really grasp what had happened to her after because she, I think it was absorbed by DC at some point, but there was a hint of that. But then when Crisis of Infinity Earths happens, that was wiped and she was like wiped off the DC. Right, map. right. But then I did find a Dark Horse comic where they did Lady Danger, Agent of Booty, B-O-O-T-I. Oh. oh my God kind of a black exploitation grindhouse style in 2015 there were a couple other like things but i don't know if it was just they were taking the name or it was supposed to be directly that character or not but ah oh, lady danger wow so like it's, that's yeah you it's know what? i'm gonna read it i'm gonna read it and i'll i'll tell you next week what uh what i thought yeah that's good. I, I i'm very excited for this so mine uh is a little character called dynamite thor so I did some research on it, and then I realized I did some more research. I'm like, ah, Comic Tropes already did a video on Dynamite Thor. So check that out. It's uh, going to be a little more in-depth. We talk about Comic Tropes a lot because it's a great channel. So this was published by Fox Features Syndicate, uh, and the creator was Wright Lincoln. Like, Wright like the Wright Brothers, Lincoln. Good name. Lincoln like the logs. Yeah, I like the logs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the first two, wrong Washington. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Lego Washington, excuse me. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, first appearance in Weird Comics number six from 1940, and made five appearances overall, a couple in Weird Comics, and then others in Blue Beetle number six, seven, and eight. Um, so, obviously, it was part of the whole, like, like the Blue Beetle and everything would sort of become the Charlton heroes uh, that would get absorbed yeah. by DC later on. But uh, Dynamite Thor was left to, uh, you know, collapse into the public domain. No one wanted right. to keep this guy. <laughs> um, well, would you like him? Not really. Uh, so he's real. Actually, you know what? Part of me, I'm like, he's public domain. What the hell, right? Anyone can do it. Literally anyone can do this if they want to. What if he met Frankenstein? Um, exactly. Uh, so the real, his real name is Peter Thor. <laughs> His name is just Peter Thor, mm -hmm. uh, and he is either a... His middle name is Dynamite. Yes. Peter Dynamite Thor. Uh, no one will just take the Peter off. No one's going to know. Um, so he's either a current or former mine owner. I think in in different books, it, it was described in a different way. So he owns a mine, which I guess explains why he knows everything about Dynamite. Uh, and he does have a power, a superpower. And his superpower is he's immune to the effects of explosives. So what he decides to do... Uh, and he literally, this is the entirety of his origin. Like, I looked at the first page, that it, it literally his origin. He's just sitting in his office, watching or, or listening to uh, in the radio, like, a report of, like, trouble. The police are, like, facing off against some sort of criminals. And he's like, this is a job for me. And he takes off his suit, and he's got a red shirt with, like, an, you know, like, a, a cartoony-style explosion, like, burst yeah. effect yeah. in yellow. And he's got, like, a yellow belt. 
with dynamite. Like, he's got, like, dynamite on it. It's like a utility belt. Like, Batman's utility belt, but it's just sticks of dynamite. Like, that's his entire thing. It's just hot got, dogs. That's awesome. Like Tommy boy. And he's got, like, blue, like, booty shorts and, like, blue booties. And this is his costume. No mask whatsoever. And he's, like, a mine owner and, like, you know, a, a person about town. Uh, and he uses his own last name, so that's really cool. So what, what his, uh, his way of getting around is he literally explodes dynamite in his dynamite belt and it just propels him through the air because he is immune he is immune to explosives is he he immune to the sheer force of how he's going to land (laughs) apparently yeah i don't know um and literally his entire deal 100 percent. there's not a lot to say about dynamite thor to be honest because he's like a nothing character but he just it's dynamite. That's it. He's got a belt full of dynamite, and he just throws dynamite at any problem that he runs across. Like, literally, one of them he has, uh... You owe money uh, for taxes. Here's dynamite. He blasts himself towards the scene of the crime, and there's, like, some criminals that are, like, holed up in an old shack, and the police are surrounding it. And it, you know what I mean? It's like, instead of just, like, letting them handle this, he's just like, alright. So he, like, throws a stick of dynamite to, like, stop the police from shooting at the criminals to get their attention. I'm Dynamite Thor, I'm going to save the day. He throws dynamite at the old shack and blows the roof off and I guess captures them. Uh, at one point, there's like a fire around Kills town. Kills all the hostages. Yeah, well, yeah exactly. Like he, he, A ship is trying to get away in one of these stories. He just throws dynamite at it and blows it up. I'm just like, what? Well, it's, it's like that plane that crashes on the, on the border. Where do you bury the survivors? Dynamite Thor doesn't bury survivors. <laughs> he buries <laughs> corpses caused by dynamite explosions. There was one, like, there was, like, a, a fire in the city, and he, like, managed to put it out by throwing dynamite at it, which apparently is something under certain circumstances, it, which is You can do. You can do. But it, it sounds is fighting insane. fire with fire, but, yeah. 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 And that is literally the entire deal behind Dynamite Thor. His last name is just Thor. Uh, and All I'm saying is that we need to like take this and redo it, and just and but then have actual consequences to like he launches himself in the air, but then he lands and like breaks an arm. Uh, yeah, he's like just killing people left and right, but he thinks he's yeah. a great superhero. Yeah, exactly. That could be really fun, though. Actually, yeah, just he's like a complete maniac, just blowing things up left and right. But like through his perspective, he's like the greatest superhero of all time, and everyone else is just like, how do we stop this guy? Everyone knows he's Peter Thor, but he's so rich and successful as a mine owner that no one can touch him, and they just have to live with his uh, with his vigilantism. That, that writes itself. But he's actually one of the original settlers of America. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is why so many characters that that Alan Moore wrote as superheroes in Watchmen were just like deranged because yeah, this yeah. is what it was this is what he was was he, what he was reflecting this is what he was inspired on yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so uh i we need to get all three of these guys together so i guess alan moore was right anyway banned <laughs> books <laughs> what the f- All right, so we are talking about banned books this week um if you haven't heard the news it's due to a specific story that's that's come up in the news. And originally, when we do these things, we're always writing down little news bits as they come up. Mm-hmm. I originally wrote down this news bit thinking this is going to be just a little tidbit that's going to be in the comics community and nobody else is really going to hear about it. But it has since blown up. And I've seen it on 
every news source. It was on Democracy Now! with Art Spiegelman being interviewed about it. So this is this has gotten pretty big. So most people probably heard this, but basically Art Spiegelman's classic Pulitzer Prize winning graphic novel, Mouse, which tells the story of the Holocaust, again, was voted unanimously by the McMinn County School Board in Tennessee to be banned from the curriculum of its schools. This was done on January 26th, one day before the International Holocaust Remembrance Day. Mm -hmm. Timely, guys. Good job. They cited the inclusion of profanity like goddamn and naked pictures uh, of women. Um, They claim that it has nothing to do with the Holocaust being anything as as a part of it, Uh, but I guess objectifying women and cussing is only okay when you're a Republican and grabbing a woman by the... There's a lot of backlash over this. Yeah, and it's it's actually the the book is the books are doing gangbusters right now as a result, which yeah. that's that's good. It's an important book. I I actually uh burned by this. I I read it this past week and I I sort of read it with an eye to okay, what's going to be objectionable? What what is a reason that this book could be banned? And yes, horrible horrible things happen in it. But the the things that it's being banned over aren't really that prevalent in the, in the story. Yeah, yeah. Even just like the the use of the word like profanity, goddamn, is like a for profanity. That's your light end of profanity, right? right? There's you can you can hear that on on TV at you know seven o'clock anytime. at night anytime. It's yeah. Yeah. exactly. Basically. And yeah. in terms of the the nudity, the naked thing is is. Had, well, there's a picture of his mother after she commits suicide in the tub. Right. It's certainly not sexual nudity. No, it's what not. They're kind of alluding to when they talk about naked or nude. Um, it, it's it's a whole different context, and that has to be understood in terms of and when whenever we talk about graphic novels being important and actually having a literary worth, we all quote Mao's as being the pinnacle of that. Yes. Um, yeah. And just the, the sheer power of it, talking about something that's so hard to talk about. Um, and it's it's such a good way for especially kids to learn this this horrible side of history. Which is very important right now, clearly, because you see so much of this stuff being people trying to normalize this stuff again. And it's just like, no, nah, you can't ever let that happen. So yeah, and again, like you said, it is selling a lot. Uh, and a shout out to Ryan Higgins, who uh, is the owner of Comic Conspiracy in uh, Sunnyvale, California. So I guess he ordered 100 copies and posted online on Twitter, basically like anyone in like Athens, Tennessee, in that area who wants a free copy, you will send that to them, pay for the shipping. Uh, and I, I think he's wow. already he's already 100 copies of that have already been sent out. And I think he's uh, kind of crowdfunding to do more basically so like people can like you know contribute to the cause of uh getting more comics uh this banned book into into that area so uh there's always you know what i mean there's always a strice end effect kind of a situation isn't there? yeah yeah if you try to do this stuff I, just, I was just always taken by like literally what literally the board or when they made the decision uh it was called during this meeting somebody said it's not wise or healthy is how they described this comic mouse i'm just like kind of like really (laughs) well like and i guess what they're trying to go for and i can i can see if you're looking at it a certain angle of just like what do they want their kids to see this is a very harsh book and it's it's but at the same time this is a side of like you you can't helicopter parent the kid you can't 
like they oh they can't see bad things. This is this is what schools are literally for. Is to teach yeah. in part yeah. history. And if, this, if, if you is, want your children educated, if you want your children to know about history, if you do want your children to know about that this stuff actually happened. Because a lot of people are dead set on trying to, you know, pretend it never happened. But, you know, let's just leave it there. There's so much culture there that's, you know, historically, World War II, we were the good guys and the Germans were the bad guys. And if you can't explain this is why they were the bad guys. Then, yeah. Yeah. Precisely. Because they weren't, because yeah. they, they weren't the Americans. Like, it, it's weird. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's weird, yeah. and I don't get it. And I, um, and I and I get the idea of being like, okay, maybe this isn't appropriate for a ten year old. Maybe they should wait a little bit before reading it. But you, the response is not banning the book. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I just, it really, I doubt it would be available to. You know what I mean? Like these things have actual age suggestions and stuff. There's so many, there's so much you can do there. That's not outright. But anyway, 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 this is not just like a solitary event that happened like, no. just on its own. Right. And that's it. No, no, no. Specifically. In, okay. This is Mount Julia, Tennessee. Pastor Greg Locke, who is also, he's a pastor, obviously, but he's also a far right conspiracy kind of guy. Had a good old, uh, fashion book burning. Um, yeah. And if this wasn't, I, perhaps uh, um, graphic novels were included. I'm not saying this graphic novels specifically were, mm-hmm. but uh, he was targeting more young adult books like Harry Potter and Twilight because they included devil worship and witchcraft. Uh, and to quote him, we have a constitutional right and a biblical right to do what we're doing tonight. We have a burn permit, but even without one, a church has a religious right to burn occultic materials that they deem uh, are a threat to our religious rights and freedoms and belief systems. Is that true? I, I, I like how he's very concerned that uh, oh, I've got a burn permit. Hmm. That's fine. I've got burn, oh, but I don't need reading. one. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was also burning Ouija boards and tarot cards, so he's fucked. You never burn a Ouija board. Yeah, he's go- he's gonna have ghost problems. Yeah. And then who's he gonna call? Nobody. Also, the Leander Independent School District in Texas uh, also had an issue with certain graphic novels. They have a book reading list that's like 15 books that they work off of and the kids can all choose from. They're all based on a certain theme for that semester. Uh, certain parents objected and had removed um, the lottery, Kiss Number 8, uh, Laura Dean keeps breaking up with me. Handmaid's Tale, the graphic novel adaptation. Uh, Why the Last Man, V for yeah. Vendetta. They were also considering others like my friend Dahmer. Um, a group of authors in conjunction with Pan America, which is like a literary freedom expression group, penned a letter to the school district uh, explaining their objections. Obviously, Margaret Atwood was attached to that. Jody Picoult, uh, Durf Bacter, Erica Sanchez, and many others. Uh, this started last year, like last winter, spring. Right. This, this isn't a it, new it, thing. This isn't a new thing, but uh, 11 books were removed in December because of it uh, due to sexual content and grade specific content. It's it's interesting. Like the, the things that, that get a book banned tend to be sexual content. Like I, w- I was looking at the, uh, the comic book legal defense funds sort of list of, of books that had been banned at one point or another. And the, I just did a, like a search on it you know the word sexual came up 
more times than than violent for certain mm. oh for sure it's like well, you know the, these it's america you know com- com- america's yeah. america's fine with violence well it's, no. it's the same as film rating where it's like you can get a hard r yeah. for for showing a nip for a second but you know you show five or six guys get their heads blown off and yeah pg-13 that's yep. cool deadpool we love him just we don't want to see his nips i also saw i was looking at the comic book legal defense fund and their top 10 just in of the ones that i know personally like i didn't i'm not familiar with a lot of them but um saga is one of the most challenged books yeah, yeah. it's like it's like number six and, and, and one of the reasons largely, one of the uh one of the things for it is because it's uh it's anti-family yeah yeah saga it's like literally yeah. about it's a s- story about a family trying to stay together about keeping yeah. a family together under like the most challenging circumstances and uh yeah that's anti-family I like I always like unsuited for age group because I'm just like I don't think Saga has ever been like it's it's been a mature reader's book like the entire time yeah. like it's I'm pretty yeah. sure it says it on the cover doesn't it somewhere I'm sure it does also uh, Persepolis is is like number yeah. two on that list which kind of struck me and I get it, I, there was a political angle obviously on that but really I like I read it and I it never struck me as particular particularly harsh in any like no it's sexual no, or or, or uh, like profanity or anything maybe there is a bit of profanity i'm not even I, I don't even recall it but uh yeah the the only book on that list that were like i like i, I don't agree with with the pros with the idea of banning any book i noticed there there was a, a fair amount of uh alan moore stuff on there uh oh yeah the the black dossier uh a league of extraordinary gentlemen book right uh neonomicon was on there and that that book is really really challenging uh there's some heavy dark stuff in it and i, I read the the article relating to it and a 13 year old had checked it out from the library that is not a book for a 13 year old it was in no. the mature it was in the adult section maybe there there needs to be a, a little more what's the word i'm looking for like oversight yeah, oversight, and there needs to be responsibility taken on everyone's part. You know, the person reading it, the person let, who let them read it, the the adult who cleared it. You know, all all of that. Post said, "No, it's the book's fault for for existing, and it needs to go away." Yeah, and again, I, and I have read that one myself too, and like, absolutely, should not be in the hands of anyone underage. No, that's gonna that's gonna warp them. Absolutely, but it's like, yeah, again, like that's. I, I'm quite sure again that there's no, like, I'm, I'm certain there must be some sort of a content warning on this actual book that should be followed. Like, it's not. There's a fair amount of like Neil Gaiman even is has shown up here, and he in particular obviously has been her- heavily heavily involved with the the C, uh, the comic book uh, legal defense fund just for that reason because his uh, like Sandman has been. Uh, has been banned or challenged like a number of times. That's also like the American, uh, sorry, I think the uh, American Liberty Association, something like that. Uh, I think that's what ALA called it. It was one of the most banned and challenged graphic novel series of all time. Again, the usual offensive language, anti-family. I've read a lot of Sandman. I don't know where anti-family necessarily comes yeah. from here. That, but then there's there's always like these little keywords or key phrases that are used. Well, if you say anti-family, okay, anti, like what is family? What is anti-family? Like, I don't know how... I don't understand how that works. Like it's like they're telling people not to have families. I don't like. I don't. 
Well, that's the it's thing, just, though. It, it's, it so depends on where backwards. it is, what their what their interpretation is. I mean, not you know, just just to flat out say it. Any any existence of any sort of family that might not fall under those heteronormative traditional concepts, they would call anti-family. Anything that even exists, uh, you know. I'm going to mention another one that sort of like stood out at me, and I'm like, I, I, I guess why under that one? It wasn't for anti-family necessarily. It was just that scene images, but uh, fun home. Uh, by Alison Bechtel, which is uh, mm-hmm. you know an autobiographic, uh, like a memoir comic from 2006, basically about her growing up. Like her her dad ran a funeral home, and they like lived in this funeral home together. And it was sort of it was actually turned into a to a musical uh, that won I think a Tony Award, really? which I've seen, wow. but I saw like my friend brought like a cam, you know what I mean? Like it was leaked online because it was like on Broadway or off Broadway or something. It's like there's no way you're ever going to see this legally. So and it was really I thought it was really good. Um, but yeah, so like, it's about growing up funeral home. She's got a, like a, had a closeted father. Um, and she was like discovering her own sexuality as a lesbian. And there were, were some, like, there was some sexual content based around that sort of premise and stuff. But so there was like this, this, uh, Palmetto family organization. It was a South Carolina. So there's like conservative organization. They convinced the house of representatives there to literally like punitively cut funding for the college of Charleston to basically to punish them because they included it in a uh, a summer reading program. And again, this is a it's the College of Charleston, so I'm going to assume that everybody on this reading thing would probably be an adult, I would assume. It's yeah. I would think. Again, I don't know that for sure, but it's nothing and they literally during these hearings, uh they compared uh Bechtel like the author to Charles Manson and Hitler. Both? For, of course. For how this, so? For this book. I, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine because they were they were literally the only thing it was ch- reason it was challenged is because uh, obscene images. Because I guess there was some sex scenes having to do with like you know living with like closeted sexuality and stuff. And I'm like, I, I, it kind of gives the game away here. Like if that's if that's enough, you're comparing somebody to Hitler because they're basically saying like gay people exist. Mm. Me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it had some dark places, but it's it was you know I, I it certainly wasn't anything i couldn't imagine it being considered especially obscene well that's like uh the the author of uh that drama which or not drama was the the book that got banned but the author of smile uh reina telgmeier where it's like she had a book that came out in 2012 that had happened to have two characters who were gay and that book got banned and it's like this because it was, you know, this is a, a this is a graphic novel for for young adults or for not even young adults for you know children and banned solely on that. Where it's like it's obscene and it's like it's it's very chaste. It, these are small children, they're tweens. Yeah. If you're, you know, if that's what you mean, then just come out and say it and yeah. let the world know that that's what you believe. Well, they never. You know, they're never going to come out and say it, no, right? but it's, like, that's, that's the thing. It always revolves around officially around children because it's like, oh, it's for the kids. We're trying to protect them because it's hard to argue that. It just it puts a roadblock in well, the discussion it, of yes, it's what because, to say. Well, if you don't ca- what, do you not care about children? Is that what you're saying, Mark? Is that what you're saying? I am saying that. I don't care about the kids. Uh, another one I found. Who goes into our schools and teaches our children art doesn't care. I rest my case. That sounded like Ooh. a fun funding thing. <laughs> Is this what you mean? Um, Anyways, by gold. So, uh, <laughs> another, one, <laughs> another one was uh, Texas Representative Matt Gross, who's a Republican, of course, of Fort Worth. Um, as part of the U.S. 
House Committee on General Investigations sent a letter October 25th to the Texas Education Agency uh, initiating an inquiry into Texas uh, school district content. It included a 16-page list, 16 pages of a hundred or of 849 books. Districts uh, were to look into what books they had, how many they had, and how much it cost for those books. Also, they were also to look outside of that list uh, into what other books might be violating the new Texas critical race theory law, which they have a new law that mm-hmm. basically outlaws you discussing critical race theory. Which, if you're not mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with it, it's merely looking at history through a lens of race and understanding how things happen because of. Right. Merely acknowledging that racism uh, exists and existed. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's ex- critical race theory. I think it's more that it's poorly worded. And as soon as you say critical race theory, certain populations get their backs up and like, oh, it's like, and it's not a new thing. It's not something that's taught of like, you need to learn this thing. Yeah. Uh, it's just here. This is how history went from this perspective of like what happened here rather than a perspective they've been often teaching where, oh, it just didn't happen. Or it's, it's oh, everybody was fine. Everybody loved it. Uh, so, yeah, that's in Texas. But don't worry, Walker, Texas Ranger, has been brought in to investigate. So And he's going to say, everything's fine. Carry on. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> By gold. <laughs> <laughs> but we've talked about some ones that were fairly ridiculous, but especially kid ones. Did we talk about Bone? What did you say? What was banned at one point, Bry? Bone, uh, as of 20... Bone! Um, so, uh, as of 2013, again, it's a little while ago, but it was it was uh, declared the 10th most challenged or, like, attempting to be banned, basically, book in the United States. Um, it was banned in, in a New Jersey school or school board at one point, a New, New Mexico school board. Uh, I guess there was, like, scenes of, like, very cartoony drinking and smoking you know, from certain yeah. characters. Oh, I was like, what? Yeah. What at all in that book could be? That's like saying Lord of the Rings, take it out. Any fantasy book, like, yeah. you have to remove. Exactly. Oh, it's like, like literally right. you're going to have, like, characters. That are Gandalf's got, like, a really big, long carrot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the, the Duckman cut. It's going to be good. So, yeah, so New Mexico, we had objected to that and, and removed it from their shelves, and it's been challenged for being, quote, politically, racially, or socially offensive. Bone. Bone. Bone! Um, and, and Jeff Smith's entire response to that was saying, I have no idea what book these people read when he uh, basically heard these charges, which, yeah, like, what? what? Are you, uh, like, and then now you can get it through Scholastic. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's literally that good of a book. I can't, yeah, I can't imagine. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's, it's wonderful. It's a phenomenal book, but like... Archie uh, being anti-family because that Archie guy gets around. Yes, it's too much. I mean, he's not married yet. Oh, <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. Yeah. And, well, and when he did get married uh, in, in the Life with Archie book, uh, there was, he was married to two women. Like, it was an alternate reality, but I think this is uh, promoting polygamy. I can't have that. Yep. Also, Dragon Ball. Dragon yeah. Ball, uh, favorite of the show, was, was uh, I forget where exactly, but uh, it was, like, recommended removing it in, in certain places. This happened, I think, and a, I a believe number of times. That, that was in Dragon Ball, Tennessee. 
Yes, Dragon Ball Tennessee. Uh, you know, they didn't like the association. Oh, it's uh, hot there. You're definitely Dragon Ball. Yeah. So it has obviously Dragon Ball, and we're talking like the original Dragon Ball. We're not even talking about Z or anything because they they had some like very which is the much more violent. Yeah, it's because of violence, uh, which is always very kind of over the top cartoon violence that would you know not be overly and like nudity was the thing, and the only nudity you saw in it for the most part was like just very innocent, like Goku just being this innocent little living in the woods guy who doesn't understand Jack society. Jack off under a tree. Well, he, just, like, he, would just, he would just take his clothes off because he thought nothing of it because he's just a very innocent, naive he's six and he was raised in the woods. Yeah, and raised in the woods. So he had, no, he had no concept of shame, you know what I mean? Everyone was like, ah, don't do that! And, and, I, and, and it had to be removed for like an entire public library yeah. system. And it's like, even it's at this. At high it's, school level. Del now draws a penis and testicles with his finger. It's whoop, and it's whoop. And that's it. That's that's it. Absolutely. This is, not. This is not a hyper detailed, very veiny. Uh... <laughs> so that, that's just some of the ones that jumped out at me. Like how 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 I'm crying out loud. Um, did we want to like touch on again? Like you're, you're talking about like the censorship and banning of books in general. I mean, obviously the Comics Code Authority. Did we touch on that very much or at all? I I was gonna get into that because really this most of. This later is again is not later new. Half of the century, it's right. not new. This uh, stems a lot out of like the whole Frederick Wortham, mm-hmm. child psychologist, wrote *Seduction of the Innocent* in 1954, which kind of sparked uh, a, a witch hunt at, at like government senate levels, uh, where they had committee hearings about this. He was like this. This guy was actually a pioneer in breaking the stigma of me- mental illness. There's a whole other side to this psychologist that did tons of other stuff that was actually very good but he also in his book that really saw a connection between comic books and child delinquency and and certain things that he saw batman and robin were gay superman was a fascist uh crime and horror comics taught kids how to commit crimes and horror Um, so yeah (laughs) this kid's gonna grow up to keep a crypt well, I mean, yeah, like, exactly. you know, kids are learning to throw dynamite at all their problems, and we know that was a widespread <laughs> problem in the uh, in those days. Little Jimmy had all these dynamite tucked into his belt because he wanted to fly. Like he just blew his legs hero. off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dear Lord! So, really, out of that whole thing came like the, the government was really cracking down uh, on this. So, from that came the Comics Code Authority, which was. Uh, the first and possibly only time an art form has officially self-censored itself. There is like the, the parental code thing on music and stuff, but that didn't censor it. It merely signified, hey, this has this. This is where comics creators got together and publishers and were like, we're going to let out, uh, set out a, a list of things that like we can have in comics and we cannot have comics and have an outline of what we can do and what we can't do. And it's, if we want to play a little game, I have uh, the entire list of the Comics Code Authority up on my screen here. Yeah. Um, oh boy. What I'm going to do, I've, I have the official ones and I have also a couple that I've made up. Uh-huh. So uh, I want you to tell me uh, if this is real or not. Policemen, judges, government officials, and respected institutions shall never be presented in such a way as to create disrespect or established authority. Gotta be real. That's true. true. That's true. Gotta be true. For sure. If crime is depicted, it shall be shown to be awkward and hilarious, and usually spearheaded by a cartoon animal character. 
I'm going to say false. I'm going to say false. You are correct. It is actually, if crime is depicted, it shall be as a sordid and unpleasant activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though I do, I do enjoy, I do, I kind of would prefer that other rule. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It In every instance, good shall triumph over evil and the criminal punished for his misdeeds. Thousand percent. That, yeah, absolutely. Real as hell. I know, and it, they're very pointed. Like, they're not messing yeah. around at all. They're yeah. like, this is what you're doing, and this is how you're doing it. Very little wiggle room. No, the Joker did not get away. Yeah. As the Batmobile lost a wheel. <laughs> the, mili- <laughs> the military shall always be depicted as male and heterosexual and have the utmost in morals as they fight and kill for our country. Uh, uh, True. I'm going to... I'm going to say that's not, it's not literally in there, but I mean, something very similar is, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I I did make that up, but it is not moral fiber and uh, good family man. Don't get me wrong. If anything that wasn't male and heterosexual showed up there, they would absolutely not allow it, but Mm -hmm. it might not Mm -hmm. be in that writing. All lurid, unsavory, and sexy illustrations shall be removed from within the magazine and sent to the United States Senate, 33 Tugget Boulevard, Walla Walla, Washington. <laughs> Wait, it's in Washington State? That's confusing. That's very strange. Things were weird back then. Uh, it's actually let's, all... Let's all move all, to Tugget Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> all, it's actually all lurid, unsavory, gruesome illustrations shall be eliminated. By Dougie. Uh, you know, they, they, they push up the... They, a lot of artists had fun pushing right up to that edge, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were edging, one might say. Females shall be drawn realistically without exaggeration of any physical qualities. False. I could see that being in there. I'm going to say it's in there, but like... That is absolutely true. Yeah. Oh, wow. However, I'm, in... in yeah. I, not Surprised, that, actually. Know, it seems like they probably, they probably didn't uh, enforce that rule as strong as the other ones for some reason. Mm. A suggestive and salacious illustration or suggestive posture is unacceptable unless they are secretaries or Wonder Woman or drawn by Greg Land. Uh, That's a a trick question. Wonder Woman is a secretary. (laughs) The Greg Land thing, that is real, actually. They they were really forward-thinking. They could see it coming. Yeah, they were. were, uh, Uh, There are a ton more, and some of them are so So. batshit crazy. Crime shall never be presented in such a way as to create sympathy for the criminal to promote wow. distrust of the forces of law and justice, or to inspire others with a desire to imitate criminals. I don't know how that worked out, because uh, those, some of those criminals are pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. I do want to emulate them. It, and it did. This this did obviously have huge impact, like you sort of talked about. It was self-censoring. It, it, it kind of killed EC Comics outright. It was, like, massively popular in, like, the late 40s, early 50s, because it, like, horror comics, war comics, crime, like, again, they could basically... Everything that they did that was kind of their bread and butter was just like, you yeah. couldn't do it anymore. Like, and, you could, and there's no way. A, lo- a lot of them really backed off and didn't want to be part of the Senate hearings and, and just were like trying to capitulate a little bit and not yeah. really fight it. But William Gaines, who was uh, ahead of EC Comics, was one of the few who showed up to testify. And he was very straightforward about like, this is ridiculous. And like he said, not that he set himself up for it, but it was like, you're going to fight the government in their own room. It's not going to work. Yeah. Well, they won't come to my room. Yeah. <laughs> I, invite, I invite them to Walla Walla, Washington. I tried, to, I tried to make them change. 
I fought the law, and the law won. So that's, uh, in fact, there was one story, actually, that I think was after this, that they were still trying to do, like, science fiction, and they had one book called Judgment Day, which is kind of famous, which, like, it ended with, uh, it was kind of supposed to be kind of a parable or metaphor for, like, racism, and the ending of the the comic had, uh, like, there's an astronaut who has his helmet on the whole time, and he takes it off, and it's a black man. And literally, the, the administrator of the Comics Code Authority, Judge Murphy, like, was like trying to censor that like nope you can't have that it, just literally the presence of like trying to make a like you know like this is all about one thing <laughs> jeez while we're talking about banned comics i mean there's one extreme example and a lot of time again it was censorship or like a certain library or something or a certain school board would, would do it and again those are always a problem because i mean those things can obviously snowball and you know you let censorship and banning happen more people are going to try one situation going back a ways uh and you might be aware of this or not uh, a cartoonist an underground cartoonist by the name of uh, mike diana who made a lot of in fairness very uh very uh, uh, truly uh, would be considered obscene materials in a lot of ways like very sexual very violent his art style though is like very like underground cartoony kind of you know what I mean? Like, of that time. It's not, like, hyper-realistic by any stretch. But again, it's, it's very, you know, pretty disturbing stuff, basically. But at the same time, it's, like, not not remotely meant for children. You know what I mean? This is just for yeah. adults. Like, it's completely right. underground stuff. It's not mainstream or even trying to be. He was actually, like, the first person who received a criminal conviction for artistic obscenity uh, for a comic called Boiled Angel. So he like literally like you know he was kind of an edgy teen or something and he was he wanted to like just make disturbing art in this particular style that's just sort of what he liked to do. He lived in Florida. He was publishing the magazines, um, and then he'd like send send them through the mail where people ordered them. So he wasn't oh, like there. There you there go. It is that's, exactly exactly. Yeah. You cross you cross the state line and utilize the post system. You're in trouble. So yeah. what happened though is, is there was literally there was like the the Gainesville student murders there were serial killings happening in another city in florida so like the fbi got a hold of these comics like they they you know heard about these comics existing and then like sent it to like his police station and like basically he at least briefly became a person of interest or, or a suspect in, in serial wow. killings because he made violent comics and made like messed up comics um but because of that he sent his own copies to like a, an undercover police officer because I guess they were trying to get information on him, and uh, because of that, he was he was charged with obscenity in Florida law and guilt, found guilty. Um, and his sentence was like supervised probation. Um, any art writings, anything that he did, they could like unannounced without a warrant. Uh, like go into his house and seize anything oh he made and uh and two of the three counts were upheld um he was like he tried to appeal it to the to the supreme court the united states supreme court it was denied he had to like move to like new york uh in order to like get away from Florida. small town no one's ever heard of it <laughs> he, he pulled a reverse trump because he uh he went to he went from florida to new york to get away from uh from the fuzz uh, and they wouldn't like extradite him to Florida or whatever. So he like was under probation for for quite a long time. Um, and again, like you know, I'm not saying these comics were probably pretty disturbing. It's nothing that I would probably enjoy reading. But the fact that they tried to equate this with literally being like a serial killer and like he got like pretty brutally convicted for artistic expression is yeah uh, yeah huh 
to this day, he's like one of the, the main, you know, things that come up under this just because it was, it was so heavy handed how it was dealt with. I don't like to think it would happen now, but then again, you see some of the, the way I the mean, winds are blowing a bit. Probably didn't little... think it was going to happen then either. True. Mm. True. So this, this stuff is, yeah, it's, it's real and it, it has happened. Yeah. This isn't hyperbole. This is, this is a real thing that happens that, that affects people's lives. Ooh. <laughs> Well, on that note, sorry to uh, end it on a heavy yeah. note, but uh, no, no, hey, I think I think this has been a really interesting episode. I've had a very good Absolutely. time with it's this. It's a heavy topic. Yeah, yeah it is. It's one it. that honestly needs to, you know, kind of be in the forefront of our minds with with how how tense a lot of this stuff is is sort of getting this, you know, absolutely sort of culture war. Yes, that we're we're being put through every day, and it seems like you got to fight for just basic expression in a lot of in a lot of ways, and not in the way that a lot of people would have you believe. Because uh, in case you didn't notice a pattern, it's really one side of the fence who's actually trying to legally stop people from from expressing themselves and, and having their their freedom. Not to get to whatever. I'm just saying. There's the if you you can follow a line, <laughs> you can cut all that if you want to. <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> Spoiler: He didn't. Anyway, let's uh, let's plug our stuff. Let's do it at the end of at the yeah. end of that. Let's yeah. I am Merck. You can find me at MerkAsylum.ca. M e r k a s y l u m dot c a. Merk on Facebook. Merk not like astronaut on Instagram. I make graphic novels, T-shirts, prints, greeting cards, whatever. Lots. Of uh, I'm Brycotic. You can uh, check out my comic at WelcomeToHereafter.com. That again is what I just said. Uh, I'm also on Instagram under Brycotic. It's my name, B-R-Y-K-O-T-Y-K. And my name is Kyle Lees. You can check my stuff out at thekylelees.com or the Kyle Lees shop or, you know, just look up the Kyle Lees yeah. and you'll find me. You'll find me. You'll find me. Oh, you'll find me. Uh, you can, you, and you can find all three of us uh, along with our, our good friend Ryan Mackett at the Thunder Bay Country Market every Wednesday from 3.30 to 6.30, and every Saturday from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. We, uh, we just launched uh, sort of an Instagram collective for the Weird Works Studio, which is what we call the place, uh, where you can see, you know, stuff that we post, keep, keep up to date on, on market events, and if we have deals, hey, you can get some deals. Every, every uh, Wednesday, there's a deal. It's a um, T-Bay Market uh, discount day, so come Woo. on by. Absolutely. And that is that. Let's uh, wrap this up. Yep. It's wrapped. Bye. So long. (laughs) I didn't stop. It's over, baby. Tell the truth.